Okay, we're up to the top of Kuf Bezim and Aleph. Amar Rava, Ger Donis Chaveri Dvar We mentioned yesterday that a Ger is not allowed to serve on the Bezdin of a Chalitza. So in general, Ger Donis Chaveri Dvar So it means that although a Ger is not allowed to serve on the Bezdin, forget about Chalitza, on a Bezdin of capital punishment, a Ger cannot be one of the 23 members, but he could judge, biblically, he could judge another Ger. So if you have a ger who's on capital punishment, other gerim can judge him. Now Rashi explains just agav. Rashi says the top Rashi dine nefashis dilu dine mamnes. I feel to call Yisrael. Rashi says this halach is only for capital punishment because monetary judgment. He feels a ger could be for even Jews. So Rashi holds that a ger could be a judge for money, for anybody. Capital punishment only for other gerim. But if you look at Tysus, just says a nira. Tyson disagrees. He feels that, he disagrees with Rashi, he says that a ger cannot serve for monetary judgment as well. So it's machleik is whether a ger can serve, can, can be on a judge uh, for regular Jews for monetary, but capital punishment for sure not, unless it's for other ger. Interesting. Because whose idea was this on A ger. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, this is the idea, but we ran with it. But it's, it's just, so the Gemara says, how do I know that a ger can serve on a bezdin for other gerim? Because it says, what's the source that a ger cannot serve? Because the So the, the source that a ger cannot be in that level of position is because when the Pasuk tells us to get a king, it says, from amongst your people. Amongst your people implies non converts, regular born Jews. That's the source. So, the Gemara implies that it's Dafka as a king or any leader of any position of leadership where they're imposing their leadership on other Jews that they have to be a full fledged Jew and can't be a Ger. But if it's for other Gerim, meaning a king has to be a born Jew because the, def- the process, one, the role of a king is to lead Jews. To lead a Jew, you have to be a, b- a born Jew and can't be a Ger. But if he's just leading other converts, i.e. in a case of capital punishment or monetary punishment, where he's, he's just presiding over a ger, he could be a ger himself. Okay. If, he's, if his mom is Jewish, but his father's a guy, so the halacha is, he's a full-fledged Jew, John Yisrael, he, he's a full-fledged Jew, he could be a, on a bezdin of other Jews. Um, again, mother, mother's a Jew, father's a guy. Can a ger be on a bezdin that converts people to, to convert gerim? I would assume so, but I have to check that up. But I would assume so because it's dealing with dealing with a guy. I would assume so. Well, in the chalitza, but chalitza, as we had yesterday, is the exception. Chalitza, both parents have to be Jewish. Meaning it's not enough for your mom to be a Jew and your father to be a guy. Both parents have to be Jewish. Okay, so we had yesterday in the Mishnah that there were two different types of shoes in the times of the Gemara. They were called minnels and sandals. The major difference between the two, besides for style, was a minnel is soft leather, a sandal is hard leather. So the Gemara, now biblically, both are access, acceptable for chalitza. However, the minig in Klal Yisrael was, at that time, they would use a sandal. They would use hard leather. Soft leather, we're going to see, is a little bit more problematic conceptually. Um, there were opinions that were not a fan rabbinically of using soft leather shoes. They wanted hard leather, and we'll see why in a little bit. So the, there's two lashinas this Gemara, two different versions of this Gemara, and you'll see it's a subtle difference. If Elio Navi were to come and tell us to use a minnow for chalitza, we would listen, because it's acceptable. 
Ain chalitz and besandal, but if Eliyahu were to come and say, stop using a sandal for chalitz, ain't shaymila. We don't listen to Eliyahu. Shekvar no go on besandal, because minig klal yusos to use the sandal. Now notice how he said, if Elio were to come and say, use a minnow, we would listen. The implication was that they did not use a minnow at the time, and that if Elio were to come and say, start using a minnow, then we would. A slightly different version. Rav Yosef, This version is that if Elio were to come and say, stop using a minnow, we would listen to them. See, the first version is that if he were to say, start using, now it's, He's saying, if you would say, stop using, we would listen, because the minute was not to use a sandal anyway. A middle anyway. But if Elio were to come and say, don't use a sandal, So the only difference between these two versions, again, both versions agree that if Elio were to come and say, stop using a sandal, we would not listen, because the minute of is supposed to use a sandal. The only difference between these two versions is by the middle. The first version is that if Elio never were to come and say, start using, we would listen. The second is, if you would say, stop using, we would listen. You know the difference between the two? Could you use a minal lichachila? You see, the first version is that if Eliyahu were to come and say, start using it lichachila, we would listen. The implication is, until that point, we're not going to do it lichachila. The second version is, and if Eliyahu were to come and say, stop using a minal, we would listen. The implication is, until that point, we do use it. So the difference between these two versions is whether a minal, which is soft leather, is acceptable lichachila. So the Gemara says, my binayu, it binayu minal lichachila. Okay. Now, according to one opinion, we use a minnow, which is soft leather, lichachila. Now, here's the problem. The Lashon of the Mishnah is, The Lashon of the Mishnah is that if you use a minnow, it's kosher. That does not sound lichachila, right? That's a, that's a bidyeved uh, jargon. So the Gemara says, you're telling me that you could use a minnow lechachila, but the lush and the mish is not like that. So the answer is, we've had this thousands of times already. The answer is, the truth is, you could even do it lechachila. And the Mishnah used that Lashen because the later in the Mishnah it has to use a Lashen of Bidyavid. So use the Lashen of Bidyavid in the beginning of the Mishnah to keep consistency. The answer is, the end of the Mishnah had to use a Lashon of B'diyavid, so the beginning of the Mishnah had to use a Lashon of B'diyavid, but the truth is, you could use a minnow even L'chachila, according to one version. Umino L'chachila, okay, so right now we're having a discussion of whether you could use a minnow, which is soft leather, a uh, soft leather shoe, for Chalitza, and we're saying it's uh, different versions of Rav Kahana. The truth is, the Gemara says, Tanoihi, it's actually a Machlegas Tanoim, whether you could use a, a minnow for Chalitza. The Tanya, the Brisa teaches, Am Rav Yaisi, Rav Yaisi says, I was once traveling to Nitzivan, a certain town, I, I met an old man, I was speaking to this old man, and I said, have you ever met Rav Yudah Ben-Beser? So Amr Ali, hey, he says, yeah, the old man said, he used to eat by me a lot, I knew Rav Yudah Ben-Beser. So he says, so Rav Yossi asked this older man, did you ever see how Rav Yehuda ben Maseira performed Chalitza? I saw it many times. So Rav Yossi asked him, Did he use a minnow or a sandal? So the old man, The old man said, Who uses a minnow? Soft leather. We don't use soft leather. So of course not. What's I mean, of course not. So Rav Yossi responded, According to you that it's such a problem, the Mishnah says it's kosher. So you have a machloikis between this older man who saw it from Rav Yudah Mebaseir, Rav Yaisi, of whether you could use a minnow.
So now, now, Rav Yaakov Amar Mishmai, Chotzim Mimino Lachachila. And Rav Yaakov sums it up by saying it's L'chachila fine. So you have a machloikes tanoim of whether you can use a minnow. Now, what's the issue with using a minnow? Manda amr l'chachila loy my time. What's the issue? Again, it's a valid shoe, right? The Torah just says a shoe. It's a shoe. It's soft leather. What's the problem? So the Gemara says two versions. Ilay mishum dehavya panta mal. Now, those minnows, they looked, they have pictures upstairs in, in, um, in Rav Eidin uh, uh, Steinsaltz's Gemara. But imagine if you've ever seen any movie about the Greek time, it's like a shoe that sort of goes up the calf and it's wrapped around with a lot of straps. So those shoes, they didn't look like our shoes, they looked like sort of like high-top basketball shoes that kept going up. So they were leather parts that covered the top of your ankle and the top of your calf. And then you'd wrap straps around it. So the shoe, so the Gemara says maybe the issue is that it looks like the straps are on top of a separate shoe. Meaning it looks like there's two different parts to the shoe. There's like, there's part one, and then there's a second part, and the straps are on top of that. So you have to remove the straps, but you're not removing the straps off the shoe. You're removing the straps off another shoe. Meaning the straps are supposed to be removed from your foot, but there's like a shoe in between. It looks like there's a, it looks like you're basically wearing a second shoe Beneath, in between your calf and the straps. Maybe that's the issue. The Gemara says, Pantamal, Baraksa Mal de Mal. The straps are on top of a uh, top of a top, meaning they're on top of your calf, which is, has a shoe on top of it. And the Torah says, Remove the shoe, not the shoe on top of a shoe. So the Gemara says, If that was an issue, meaning if you're telling me, if you're telling me that it's a concern of a roundabout concern, fine. But if you're telling me that it looks like you're not using the right type of shoe, then, then why is it Mbota Bidiavid? So the Gemara says, so what's the issue with soft leather? The answer is, The concern is, what if the, the truth is, those, again, they cover, the shoe starts in the ankle, and then it had these leather parts that cover the calf. The truth is, the Gemara says, those are fine because they're part of the shoe. But because it's soft leather, there were times where that calf part would rip off. And you would just strap it on, but wasn't actually attached to the shoe. In such a situation, it's mamasha problem. So the reason why we don't allow you to use a minnow is because there are times where that leather tongue that's covering the calf will be ripped, because it's soft leather, they rip sometimes, and people are going to still use it. So now they're going to unfasten the straps on top of something that's not actually connected to the shoe at all. I mean, if it's connected to the shoe, that's part of the shoes, that's fine. The concern is you'll come to use it when it's detached from the shoe bichlal. It'll mamish be like, 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 a, like a hockey, like a hockey, think of it like a hockey pad. Whereas mamish is a pad completely disconnected. That's the concern. A second concern, inam mishim chatsi minel, or perhaps we're concerned that the shoe will rip apart legamri to the point where you'll take like a piece of leather just put it on the heel and wrap it around, and it doesn't even cover the majority of the heel. For a shoe, a shoe rips, it's kosher as long as it covers the majority of the foot. Soft leather, you could sort of like, it's like malleable. So we're concerned that it'll rip apart to the point where you'll just take like a piece of leather, you'll sort of wrap it around your ankle, even though it doesn't even cover half the foot. You couldn't do that with a sandal because the sandal is hard leather, you couldn't do that. But a minnow, which is soft leather, you could sort of like, mish around and make it try to cover and because it doesn't really cover it's not valid but you'll think it's valid that's the issue with the sandal the Gemara says 
Amarav, Ilav de Chamise, Rav says, if not for my uncle, I think it was of Chia, Lechavivi de Cholatz, Besandal, the Isle Shinsen, that he says that he, my uncle used a sandal that had straps. Now, we, they use that, by the way. This, the Chalitza shoe that they use is very large because they wanted to just fit every shoe, every foot, and it has straps in order to fasten the type. It says the truth is, if not for the fact that I saw my uncle using such a shoe, I would have used an Arab sandal, which is tighter. Meaning, I would have thought that it's better instead of using a very big shoe that has straps, I would have just found a shoe that fits people better. But my uncle used it, so that's the minute of so I'm going to continue. By Didon, and he says, what do we use? Even though it does have a knot to keep it in place, we wrap it around the straps. That way, in order... Uh, the reason why we use straps is part of the chalitza process is to take off the shoe. We have, you see, we have um, uh, 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 laces. So she would undo the laces. Like, that's taking off the shoe. They didn't have laces, they had straps. Part of the removing of the shoe is taking off the straps. It's part of the process. So we use straps because that's part of, the, like, you know, that's a real chalitza, you know, to undo straps. Okay. Now, some quick gemaras. I'm Rabbi Yudha Marav. Hataris Yivamin Lashuk. What does she have to do? Let's say she starts taking off the shoe and then she's not feeling well and they have to stop. How much of the shoe does she have to take off for it to be kosher? So the Gemara says, Shemitah's roiv ha'ekev, the majority of the heel. As long as the majority of his heel is out, kosher. Even if she stops then, yotza. Listen, she could be frail and not feeling well and it's hard for her to get on the knee, whatever. So she takes off the majority of the heel, kosher. May so we have a kasha. Now this brice is it's a, it's a couple lines. The kasha is that this brice says you have to take off the majority of the regel. Regel the gemara assumes is the foot, not just the heel. So you're telling me it's enough to take off the majority of the heel. I, I thought the brice kind of sounds like you have to take off the majority of the foot, which is more than the heel. May so we have a kasha. The premise also this brice. The brice is basically laying out the notion she has to do everything. If he undoes the laces and she takes off the shoe, or if she takes off the laces and he undoes it, no good. She has to take off the shoe, Lagamri. If he takes off the, the straps, or if he takes off the majority of the foot, it's possible. Now, but she has to do it. Oh, but what's the kasha? Roiv in roiv of It says that she has to take off the majority of the foot, not the majority of the heel. So it's a kasha. So the Gemara says no. The truth is, when the brisa says regal, it means heel. Why is the regal means foot? So why is it using foot? Why is it using the terminology of heel with the word of a foot? Am I carly roiv Because the the whole foot is resting on the heel. So when it says regal, it means akev. Okay, what you do see from this b'raisa is that she has to do everything. He can't do half and she does half. This backs up Ravyanai. Whether he undoes the straps and she takes off the shoe. Or the opposite. She undoes the straps and he takes off the shoe. It's possible. He cannot participate in the removing of the shoe. She has to do both. Okay. some kashas. Karate mahu. Let's say instead of uh, taking off the shoe, she takes a scissor and she just cuts it off his foot. Is that called the chalitza? Meaning, is the purpose of chalitza removing the shoe from her, revealing his foot? 
then yeah, she did it. But if it's to remove the shoe, that's not called removing the shoe. Cutting it with a scissor is not removing the shoe. Or, let's say, even better, she lights it on fire. She burns that shoe right off his foot. So the question is, is it Yaitzim? Do we just need the shoe, the foot to be revealed? Uh, she did it. Or perhaps you have to do a Maisa Chalitza. Veleka, Teku is a Kasha, Elio will cover. Boy, Mine Rev Nechemia Mirabu. Shnei Milo, Shnei Ha, Shnei Minolim. Exactly. Yeah, well, that's a side channel. Shnei Minolim Zal Gabzel. Let's say. Just to confirm, we're saying that in order to really perform Plissi, you have to actually fully remove the shoe, right? Well, at least the majority of the heel. By. So that, does that mean you could also cut it? No, that's the like Gemara saying we don't know if cutting is considered a valid remove a form of removal. So you have to physically hand remove it. Correct. Oh. Correct. Yeah. Pashas, yeah. Ba'minei Rav Nachemim Mirabo. Shnei Minolim Zelgav Zemahu. What if she's wearing two? What if he's wearing two shoes? A shoe on top of a shoe. Not galoshes, because galoshes I don't think are considered a separate shoe. He's wearing two shoes. We'll ask in a moment who wears two shoes. But let's say he's wearing two shoes. Huh? No, no, no. But over here, it, it's not on the. It's not on the. Um, oh no! Oh, so the Gemara asks the Kasha. The Gemara says, Adam, sorry. If you just take off the top one, that's not going to be good because you're not taking off the shoe. So that can't be the Kasha. And if you take off both, it's for sure fine. So the question: what, What's the Shiloh? Here's the case. You're wearing two shoes. You cut through the top one. Happy noise? That's Brad? Happy noises. That's happy noises. So you have in the house sometimes. Like there's noise. Happy noise? Sad noise? Happy noise? Okay, fine. So you cut off the top. You cut through the top of the shoe. Remove the bottom. And then the top of the shoe is still there. Meaning, so you cut the top enough to get your hand in, grab off the bottom, but now the top sort of falls back. So the kasha is, you remove the bottom shoe. But if the purpose of chalitza is to reveal his foot, you didn't reveal his foot. That's the kasha. Okay, so the Gemara does not, go to the next page, the Gemara does not answer it. So the Gemara just has before, the Gemara just has a shaila. Um... Who, who wears two shoes? It has to be considered a normal zach, or else it's, you know, maybe it's not considered, a, you know, umiyakikagavna, who wears two shoes? The answer is, yeah, yeah, in, people do. The chazil rabbon, the rabbi Yehuda, the rabbon of Sarav Yehuda, the nafi b'chamisha zuzi muki l'shuka. Rabbi Yehuda would wear five soft shoes on top of each other. So the Mepharshim explained that Rabbi Yehuda had a circulation problem, and he was very cold. So he needed, he needed warmth. So he would wear multiple shoes. Those shoes, I, I, their type of shoes did not have a lot of integrity and did not uh, warm the body very well. See, here's the kasha. It's an interesting, three lines in. It's an interesting kasha. You have a woman who's waiting to do yibam, but she's 10 years old. So you have to realize these men who eventually are going to marry her, one of them is going to marry her, those are brother-in-laws. So she knows them. Yes, I guess she was married as a child. So, 
I don't know. Whatever. I, I, she doesn't have to be that young. Let's say she, she's 13. She's a, technically an adult woman, but she doesn't want to get married until they're 18. Okay? They, they, they're, they're old school. So she's with them. She's living with them. She's taking care of them. She's living in their house. Can she do Yibam years later? So you say, why not? The concern is maybe at one time she took off one of their shoes. Right? There's a time where one of the guys hurt his back. And he's like, hey, he, they're living in the same house, they're whatever, she, she's, you know, being raised by them. And, and, and maybe one of them said, hey, my, my, you know, my back's hurting me, can you take my shoe off? Is there a concern of such a thing? And then the question is, if she did, she had no, if she did, she had no intention for it to be chalitza. The question, is that you good? That's happy noises. That's happy noises? <laughs> so, the, okay, fine. Oh, are you joking me? No, it's okay. Are you joking me? No, it's okay. The freezer's okay? No, it's fine. I don't believe that at all. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mom won't notice. She doesn't notice the details that happens in the show. Good luck with that. So the Gemara says, the Gemara says like this. So the case is, so the question is, are we concerned that she took off the shoe? And even if she did take off the shoe, even if she did take off the shoe, she didn't have kavana. So the kasha is, is that a problem? So the Gemara says, I'm Ravi the Merav. If you have... Yeah, so a woman it was being raised by the brothers. She could do Yibam years later. Why? And we're not concerned that she might have taken off the shoe. The Gemara, oh, the Gemara says the reason why it's mutter is because we don't think she did take off a shoe. Taima The kasha is meaning the Gemara's implication is that it's only mutter because she probably didn't take off the shoe. But let's say she did. It would be a problem. I, she didn't have intention. It's not considered a valid chalitza until they both have the intention that this taking off the shoe should form a chalitza. So why are you telling me it's mother because she probably didn't take off the shoe? Even if she did, she didn't intend to be chalitza. So the Gemara says, No, this is what we meant to say. Even if you happen to see her take off the shoe, you don't have to be concerned. Meaning, it's mutter, not because maybe she didn't take off the shoe, because even if she did take off the shoe, it's fine, because she didn't have the intention. Some have a slightly different version. Some have a different version, and that is that if Shitaka would have taken off the shoe, even without Kavana, it would be a problem. I, it's not a valid chalitza if you don't have kavana. The answer is, there's two different elements to chalitza. You want the chalitza to work to allow you to marry other men? Not good if you don't have kavana. But if she does it without kavana, it's enough to make it that she can't marry, she can't do yibam. It's enough she can't do yibam. Okay. So a little bit weiter and then some agadita. Uh, sandal hatafer bepishtin. If you have a sandal, which is sewed using pishtin, so flax is being used to sew up the shoe, like laces, the halach is ain't chaltzim, but it's no good. Basically our shoes, you can't, even if they're leather shoes, but they have string for laces, no good. Why? The puzzle says, a shoes of tachash, meaning, you see even this puzzle, tachash was a hide of an animal, whatever, we don't have that animal anymore, it was a multicolored animal they used to, in the Mishkan, and it was, and it calls it a nal. So you see that a nal, a shoe, has to be 100% leather. So if you have part of the shoe being a string, then it's no good. So the Gemara says, and because it's learned out from this Pasuk, see, wait a minute, the Gemara says, well, the Gemara says, 
Well, if you're going to learn out from this pasuk, go all in and say it can't just be leather; it has to be tachash leather. So the answer is now, now riva. It says now twice to include other forms of leather. Well, if now is inclusive, maybe it should include string and cotton and other materials, synthetic materials. Then what does the word tachash mean? I mean, the word tachash is to tell you that it's leather. Now to tell you that it doesn't have to be tachash leather, it could be any leather, but it has to be 100% leather. All forms of shoe have to be 100% leather. We don't have tachash anymore? No. It was just for that. It was Hashem created just to serve in the Mishkan, and then it was gone. So, some say, if you actually look at the terminology, this is where if you're going to think of a unicorn existed, it would be from a tachash. It was a multicolored animal that had a horn in the center of its head. So I saw some say it might have been a giraffe, because giraffes are spotted, and they do have like a kind of horn in the center of the forehead. But we don't know what a tachash is, and we don't have it anymore. Who shall are... The trisus of shalsar. What if you have a leather shoe and the straps are made of goat hair? Goat hair is animal. It's an animal byproduct. So it should be okay, right? Leather doesn't have to be leather. It just has to be animal. So goat hair is animal. So the Gemara says, Yeah, it's fine. That's included in that category of animal byproduct. So the Gemara says, Ihachi, kule shalsar nami. So wait a second. So I need leather at all. Why can't I have a shoe made of pure goat hair? The answer is, karka mikri. A shoe made out of goat hair is not called a na'al, it's called karka. It was a certain terminology. It's very bulky, and it's a, that's what they would call a goat hair shoe. So because it's not called a shoe, we can't use it. Okay. The Gemara says like this. Uh, I'm going to use the article uh, for the Kaziza Psukim. The Gemara says like this. Um, right? Right? The whole process of chalitza is she takes a shoe off. Why? Because chalitza means to remove. How do you know that? There are actually psukim in Tanakh that imply that chalitza means to make ready, to get it ready, to put it on. So how do you know chalitza means to remove? Mishlov, who how do you know it's to remove? Because so how do you know that chalitza means to remove? Because the apostle says by tzeras, remove the, the stone that has the tzeras. But Amos Ruzihu, there are psukim that imply that chalitza actually means to get ready, which would actually, in our context, mean to put the shoe on. The chsiv, it says, Hechotzu mi'etchem anashim l'tzava. The Pasuk says that Hashem told Moshe, Hechotzu mi'etchem, ready yourself, get yourself re- men ready for the army. Hechotzu mi'etchem, that's not remove the men, that's get them ready. So maybe chalitza means to get the shoe ready, to put it on the foot. So the Gemara says, no, chalitza really means to remove, I, what does it mean in that context, remove soldiers? It means remove them from the house, bring them to the front lines. It doesn't mean ready soldiers by the front lines, it means remove them from the house, and they'll go to the front lines. Okay? The, basically what we're going to do over the next few lines is uh, quote many psukim and Tanakh that imply that chalitza means to get ready, and will reinterpret it means to remove. Okay, weiter. Pasuk number two. The Pasuk says that he'll uh, support uh, the poor person in his uh, in his uh, poverty, meaning that Hashem will give him strength. So you see that how does that mean remove? That doesn't mean remove the poor person. It means Hashem will strengthen the poor person. So you see, chalitza means to get ready and to strengthen. The answer is no. That also means remove. What does it mean? It means that Hashem by by having the ani go through this difficulty, he's removing the ani from Gehenim. Okay, another one. Right, this is my pasuk. You know, you're supposed to say a pasuk at the end of the Shemoneh that starts with your name. 
So this is my uh, Chaim. The name Chaim is Choyne Malach Hashem The angel of Hashem uh, encaps, uh, surrounds you um, and, 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 uh, and uh, 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 surrounds those who fear Hashem and support, and support them. The Malach supports Klal Yisrael. So you see, Cholzu doesn't mean remove, it means support. So the answer is, What it means is, in the schar, in the schar of fear, in the schar of fearing heaven, Hashem will remove them from Gehenna. El Hadachziv, another one. Atzmeisecha Yachlitzu, Hashem will strengthen your bones. Oh, that means strengthen, not remove. Amrava Lazar, Zumula Shabrachas, it's the greatest of all brachas. Amrava, Zeruzi Garmi, the strengthening of the bones. So, how do, how do you interpret Chalitza in that case to remove? It doesn't mean to remove. So, the Gemara says, in Mashmahach Mashmach, the truth is, Chalitza means both. It can mean remove or it can mean strengthen. So, how do you know in our context it means remove the shoe? Maybe it means to put on the shoe. Dahacha, Isal Gadad is Zeruzi, over here, if it meant to put the shoe on, Imkin Lichtav Rachman of a Chotza Nali Biragloi. It says Chotza Nali Me'al Ragloi. So, the truth is, Chalitza can mean putting on, it can mean taking off. But from the context, it says, Chalitza, if it meant to put the shoe on, it would say Biragloi, put it on the foot. It says Me'al Ragloi means to remove it from the foot. So the Gemara says not exactly, because if it, w- it would have said Biragloi, Ikosrachon Biragloi, Havamin Biragloi, in Bashukai Loi. Kasrachmona Me'al Ragloi, Dafil Bashukat. That's not fair, because if it would have said Biragloi, it, it would have taught you something else. You would think that if someone has an amputated foot, he can't put the shoe on the stump, which you actually could. Although the Mishnah said you can't, I think that's where it's referring to the stump is the knee. But if you're actually missing a foot, you could put the shoe on the stump. If it would have said Biragloi, it would imply that that's not acceptable, but the truth is it is. So maybe it doesn't say Biragloi for a side halacha. The answer is, Im kein lifter rachmana b'me'al ragloi. Bimal ragloi, my meal ragloi shemami no mishlechu. The answer is it says meal ragloi. Meal ragloi means removing it from the foot. So from the foot means that it's removing and not putting it on. Okay, from context. One more little ma'isa, and then we'll finish up. Amalehu minol Rav Gamliel. A certain uh, a Christian said to Rav Gamliel, "Amad dechalutz leimaremine." Right, the whole Christianity they believe that uh, Hashem Chasashon got rid of us and took a new testament. So he said, "Hashem did chalitza to you." He removed you. The Pesach says in Hosea that we'll send sheep and cattle to look for Hashem. We won't find him. means that Hashem removed himself from Klal Yisrael. Oh, so you see, Hashem did chalitza to you. Rav Gamliel says, Who's the male and who's the female in the relationship between us and Hashem? Hashem's the male and we're the queen. What does it say? It says chalatz mayhem. It doesn't chalatz lohem. Right? God's the God's the man. He ta- his shoe is removed from his foot. It doesn't say that his shoe is removed. Chalatz mayhem ksiv. It says that the the shoe the the shoe was removed from them, meaning from the female. What does it mean? If a woman removes the shoe, does that do anything? No. So she thinks she's doing something, but it does nothing. So Rav Gamliel says, when it says Chol Mehem, it means that Klal Yisrael's trying to remove their own shoe. Meaning, we're Klal Yisrael, we're the woman, we're taking our shoe off, we're trying to push Hashem away. But the same way, that's not effective halachically for the woman to do it, of her own foot, so too when Klal Yisrael takes it off her own foot, it's also not effective. Meaning, Hashem never did Chalitza to us, we're trying, foolishly, we're trying to remove ourselves from Hashem, it's not going to work. Okay, let's finish up the daf. On Pilya Chalitza Subsula, the Mishnah said that if you, you remove a sack, 
It's no good because a sock is not a shoe. Lememra, you see from here, ampil yolav minalu, a sock is not a shoe in halacha. Utsnanami, similarly, the Mishnah says, ein atarim nichnas loy beparagur chafa is beloy banpilya. The Mishnah is talking about the person going in the base amikdash to remove the money from the coins. So they, they weren't allowed to wear a hem because people were afraid that people would think they put the money in the hem. And also, you're not allowed to wear socks. Because people are going to think you fill your socks with uh, with money. There's no issue. The issue of socks is because people are going to think you're filling it. Then the Mishnah says, "Ain't sarachloim min of a sandal." Of course, you can't wear shoes. Why? You know, wear shoes on harabais. So it has nothing to do with uh, uh, the money. It has nothing to do with filling your, your shoes with money. You're not allowed to wear shoes on harabais. What do you see? You see that a sock is not a shoe. Why? Because the Brisa says you're not allowed to wear socks because people are going to think you put the money in the socks. And definitely not shoes, because you're not allowed to be on Harabais with shoes. Now, if socks are shoes, you don't have to tell me that the issue with the socks is that people are going to put the money in the, sho- in the socks. You're not allowed to wear socks on Harabais because... Meaning, the implication of this mission is you're allowed to wear socks on Harabais, if not for the fact that people are going to think you're putting money in the socks. But conceptually, you can wear socks on Harabais. You're not allowed to wear shoes on Harabais. If socks are shoes, you're not allowed to wear shoes on... You wouldn't be allowed to wear socks on Harabais. The fact that you're allowed to, outside of this issue, shows you that socks are not shoes. Okay. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Right now we're saying socks are not shoes, and, you, and therefore a harabais, you're allowed to wear a sock. If you remove a sock, it's not chalitza. Here's the problem. The Bryce says you're not allowed to wear socks on Yom Kippur. Why? Because you're not allowed to wear shoes on Yom Kippur. Oh, so you see socks are shoes. So are sock shoes or are not shoes? So the Gemara says, Huh? What do you mean? In what context? No, we're saying if you just remove the sock. Oh. Just remove a sock. So if you just remove a sock on its own, it's not good because it's not a shoe. And that's why you're allowed to wear socks and harabais. But you're not allowed to wear socks in Yom Kippur. So the answer is, the answer is, socks are not shoes, so why can't you wear them in Yom Kippur? No, no, because it's like a, it's a sock that has a lot of padding. So it's comfortable. Meaning, right now we're saying the issue on Yom Kippur is not shoes, it's comfort. The problem is, that would mean that you're not allowed on Yom Kippur. Meaning, really it's not a shoe, so why can't you wear an Yom Kippur? Because it's too comfortable. The problem is, then you wouldn't, forget sneakers, you wouldn't be allowed to, let's say you wanted to take a, a towel and wrap your feet on Yom Kippur with a towel. Could you? Of course. Why? It's not a shoe. I is comfortable. The Torah never asked it comfort, it asked it shoes. You know, Chazal, whatever. Chazal's understanding is that it has to choose, not not. The Gemara is Amalei Rava. Umishimtanik blame minol biyamikivur miyasir. How Rabbi Ravuna karach sudra kare vinovik. Rabbi Ravuna would take towels and wrap around his feet on Yom Kippur. Why? Because it's not a shoe. The Torah has to choose. It's not a problem. Not a problem with comfort. So going back to the kasha, if socks are not shoes, why can't I wear socks on Yom Kippur? So El Amalei Rava le kasha kam bepilisha or kam bepilisha beg. The answer is it depends what type of socks. Socks of leather are considered shoes. In other Yom Kippur. Socks of cotton or other materials are not shoes. We don't have leather socks, but if you did, yeah, okay. So if it's made of leather, that would be a problem in Kippur. That makes sense. This also explains the contradiction that you have within Yom Kippur. One price said you're not allowed to wear socks. This price says you're allowed to wear socks in Yom Kippur. So how do you reconcile? Why, Gasha? It depends is what the material of the socks are. Let's just end this with a brisa. So right now we're saying that whether socks, whether you could remove socks for chalitza would depend on the material. If it's leather socks, you could. If it's non-leather socks, you can't. So the Gemara says, 
Tanya Kavasi the Rava, we have a brisa that backs of Rava. Chaltza, this is a long brisa, but we'll see it's, it's two minutes. The brisa says, Chaltza b'minol hanifram, if you use a ripped minnow, but it chayfes reverego, but it covers the majority of the foot, good. Sandal hanifcha shemakavas reverego, a sandal that's torn open, but it covers the majority of the foot, okay. Sandal shal sham, shal siv, bekav, these are different materials. Bekavakita. Kavakita means that someone who has an amputated, so he puts it on the stump, it's acceptable. Bimoik b'smichas ha-reglayim. Smichas ha-reglayim is, um, they would put uh, someone who would walk on his on his legs, they would put a, sort of put like calf protectors. So that was his shoe because he had, a, that's how he, his, he was crippled. So those are considered shoes in halacha. On pil yishal ar, socks made of leather. V'achaylet says, bein Go to the next page. Whether the chalitza is done standing, sitting, or or leaning, all acceptable. And if the oven is blind, it's also acceptable. Oh, so you see, leather shoes are fine. But now the bracha says, But if you have a ripped shoe that doesn't cover the majority of the foot, these are all the worst cases. Instead of uh, the, the 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 calf protectors, let's say you have arm protectors. He, he uses his arms to walk. Gloves are not shoes. If the yavam is a cotton, I'm sorry. Banpilya shall beg it. Socks made of regular material. And if you have a cotton, it's also so you see there's a distinction between the material of socks.